welcome to The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ron Swallow. I'm Ed Greer. I'm producer Bill. And today, we're going to be talking about, well, I called it The Greatest Pod Goes Evil. It's a it's a harken back to our old podcast, uh, Nerd Goat, which uh, we'll do be doing new episodes of Nerd Goat pretty soon. We had an episode called Nerd Goat Goes Evil, and we talked about evil. I think this time I want to talk about villains we identify with, and maybe we could tweak a little of their a little of their shenanigans uh, to our specifications. And also, I would like to talk about what we would do if we were super villains and if we had that power, exploring our own evil and our own morals. Uh, but the one thing I'd like for you guys to do to show your morality is give us a five star review. You <laughs> yeah. listening to this have listened to probably several episodes of the show, probably all of them, and you know that we're fresh. Show it in a digital footprint that will last forever on iTunes or whatever the fuck. Definitely iTunes. Make an iTunes account and give us a freaking review. Use your iTunes for that and then get get and get it off your phone. Please leave us a five star review. It really helps us rise up the charts and it helps us to get out this super dope art to you. The best part is uh, maybe I'll read it in a Nightwing voice. Exactamundo. We will perform all of your reviews. So with that out of the way, guys, what villains do you identify with even wholeheartedly? A lot of people want to hedge and be like, well, I like them up to this point. There's a few villains. I just like, hey, I like them. They're great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm going to stretch the definition of villain, I think, with my top one. But I don't know, Ron. Why don't you? Why don't you go first? What's What's a villain that's like top of mind for you? I, I want to say Magneto, maybe. And I mean, I think that's a classic. Yeah. It's you know that makes it's sense. The easy one to say, especially because look, I'm not very villainous. You guys know I'm a little I'm a little sweetheart, but I will not stand for anyone fucking with my friends. It's not okay. Sure. And I will not stand for racism, and I will not stand for classism. These are things that I do not like. And I feel like, besides all the murdering, Magneto is kind of doing that, but just with his own group of people. So there's at least somewhat of a moralistic type thing. I at least get, like, wanting to stand up for the people you love more than anything. And I think that's reflected in the comic book stories where Magneto really kind of whole cloth has turned from being a real mustache twirler into being almost an anti-hero. And in this Krakoan era, the newest era of X-Men comics was essentially just a hero right alongside the X-Men. Yeah. Um, that's sort of his long arc in the comics, even if that's not necessarily reflected in all the other media. Magneto is sort of an easy choice because clearly abject evil formed his personality. Like people doing abject evil to him and his people made him see in, in a in a real world sense that how bad people are. And then to have the mutant, it's almost like he got um he's persecuted twice, you know, mm. so that that really gives him a lot of leeway to fuck shit up. Uh, another easy choice is uh, Killmonger, you know, people uh, all across the world, you know, Killmonger is right. And in the we've talked about this, but in the motion picture, really letting his girlfriend get killed really callously and then choking up a black lady. That was enough for everybody to be like, you know what? You know what? No. If we're going to, you know, because like I'm really I was when I was watching clothes earlier, I just went into this whole dream of like, oh, say Killmonger isn't quite that bad. And he does win and he does lead the Wakandans to this sort of like uh, what Terry Crews would call black supremacy and what it and what it would usher in on the world stage of just like all of a sudden, like 
you know, Barbie has all black girls in it and like forget everything. It it's just all black shit for like a thousand years until like maybe Tony Stark's heirs do some like we was Kangs type shit. Well, <laughs> right. You'd have to have Iron Lad uh, there to, you know, reverse course back to a white world. <laughs> like, wow. Do you remember the good old days? The forbidden texts? You know what I found? An ancient tome and they open it up. It's a holocube that plays the Wizard of Oz. You see, we used to be in movies and stuff. <laughs> I just think it'd be so funny, like like Kill Killmonger and the like, just the recompense, uh, the crusade that he would lead to right wrongs, and then how wrong would what he was doing be perceived by the modern world, and blah blah, and what a villain he would be. But in reality, it would be like kind of a resetting of a balance, sort of. But then, of course, people can't conceive of that because all in human history, we've always conceived it as a teeter totter that goes way in someone's favor and way down in someone else's favor. I don't think we've ever really tried really hard to imagine anything being equal. Not that Killmonger would make things equal. I think he would definitely go, quote unquote, overboard, because I think he would see that Europeans have gone overboard for a thousand years. I think it's interesting, too, that when you talk about really sympathetic villains, maybe it's just because it's hard to keep somebody, I don't know, not hated. But I've always wanted a villain who has a compelling tragic backstory to turn out a little bit more like say Idi Amin, where it's like, I get it, man, your country is in absolute economic and social freefall and you're surrounded by child soldiers and it's chaos. And it's like, yeah, you're going to turn out to be a strong man who wants to control everything and, you know, turn the country into what you thought it would be. But then in so doing, you end up killing a lot of your own people and enacting all these draconian laws and essentially like making enemies of the world. And I just feel like that's that's the the route that they try to take with your Magnetos and your Killmongers. But it's like yeah. there's always this weird uh, hesitancy, this weird restraint from actually like turning them into psychopaths. And I think it's like this weird inability to admit that like psychopaths often do have very sympathetic backstories, but that doesn't mean that they're not psychopaths. It would almost be like giving yeah. the Joker from the Dark Knight a sympathetic backstory. It's like, yeah, that still doesn't stop Excuse. the fact that he's, yeah, that he's like wanting to burn people alive and blow up ships full of civilians and whatever the fuck else. So, mm -hmm. Well, actually, you know, serial killers actually are the, the people love whatever reason. They love serial killers. And it's the same thing. There's a portion of serial killers, not all of them, but a portion, a pretty solid portion they were abused as kids, you know, molested, had terrible things happen to them, terrible parents who I want to say maybe it's the Unabomber. When he was born, it, he spent the first like seven months not being touched by humans because he was sick. And so they had him in like a an incubator. Like lung. Oh, okay. yeah. Type, <laughs> yeah. It's like a, that type of thing where like he couldn't be he was like weak and he was going to they, they could have died. But yeah. like apparently that's an important I don't know if you know this, but apparently in the first six months of life, you're supposed to hug your mom and your dad a lot. Oh, gross. <laughs> you know, you just do like like a little but, baby Unabomber sending out packages from his little bubble. It's like, can you send this to the New York Times, please? <laughs> I, I got a bone to pick. Uh, <laughs> Basically. Um, so but that that being said, um, there's plenty of people who've been through traumatic things and don't murder anyone. You know what I mean? So it's like right. it's not a real excuse. There's there's never a real excuse to be a psychopath. But 
it is hard to decide what to do with a fictional character because especially like it's almost like when they're too evil you're like okay well this is stupid like <laughs> you, you know what i mean like it's just like oh this is over the top evil like it's like ha, 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 i've come to destroy you unless you're a concept that is you know like uh dark side is a concept character if you really we've all we've dove and div- dived into this a ton of times yeah, yeah yeah but that's a whole different world if you're talking about a villain that's supposed to be like relatable it's it's tough because you got to make them do evil things because they, they're a villain well I, I guess my point being that like having them do evil things and being sympathetic is a tension you know yeah. it's like and as a writer you play with that tension you play with like man i really see where they're coming from and like if not for the grace of god there goes me uh but then also i'm repulsed by this and like i just feel like it's been the the pattern recently at least when we're looking at like action movies and and uh comics and things like that that you ultimately end up really erring on the side of the relatability as opposed to say Killmonger sits down with the council in Black Panther and is like, I want to fucking wipe out Europe. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it was all, it was all couched in like this very, well, if you take it one way, like I'd see what I'm talking, what he's talking about. It's not just like, I want to kill 2 billion people in Europe and I don't care if they're babies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, you're not going to make the character do that. And I just kind of wonder why, why don't you make the character do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think also with, with the villains of movies, I was thinking about somebody like the Kingpin, right? Mm. Overall, the Kingpin is one of those dudes that played it exactly right. When we look mm. at all of the rest of these villains, they're like jumping on a glider and throwing bombs at kids and shit. They're doing all this dumb crap. They're putting on a costume. They're making this larger life persona, almost like the the inverse of the superhero, the the need of that super ego to be shown to everybody and the alter ego that comes with having a giant size super ego. All of that shit. They're just the flip side of the coin of superheroes. Kingpin is not that at all. He's just a dude who beat his dad to death with his bare hands or a hammer and then choked a guy to death to become a big capo back, back in ni- like 1981 and then just kind of kept building, kept being quiet, doing his little trafficking. Not going to try to obfuscate how bad that is, but you know, his trafficking business is quiet. His drug dealing, yayo business is quiet. Everything's quiet. And then this blind fuck, he's literally found by a blind person. And this guy makes it his whole fucking existence to fuck with me. And then I go, okay, fine. I'll just hire the world's best assassins. And I send him after him. And one of them falls in love with him. The other ones get beat up by him. Like, what the fuck is going on here? I was running a nice, quiet spice merchant business. And then this fuck. It's like, it's like Kingpin is almost for me, besides Killmonger for obvious reasons and Magneto to a great degree. Yeah. One of the most relatable villains of any of them because he really did try to do it right. Yeah. Being crime, being, being fucked up, but he wasn't, he didn't put on an iron suit and go fuck with the smartest man in the world. He didn't do any of this other crap that villains do. And he still is put into the villain role and beat up and blinded and all this jazz happens to him because of the hero's interest in him. Well, he's a, yeah, he's a great example of the villain who doesn't go looking for the hero, which, to be honest with you, is kind of a pet peeve of mine when we're talking about villains. 
I, I always feel like the weakest villains are the ones that are going out to try to pick a bone with your hero. Because immediately you're putting the villain on a lower power tier, right? And I, I don't mean that as for like shooting energy blasts from your ha hands. I mean, like socially, the less you care, the more power you have. Like the more you are willing to let go of, the more leverage you have in a negotiation. Yeah. So, you know, for a good villain, you don't want to be having battles in the streets. Like you'd be much happier sipping a martini on a beach somewhere and just letting your business go about its thing than out fighting a guy in spandex in the middle of New York in broad daylight. You know, it's like it's it almost strains credulity when you're writing villains who are just like, I want to go find this hero and blow him up in the middle of the day. That's that's the sort of thing that only happens, you know, in the reality of eight year olds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about one villain that um, I would love to be, and that's Boomerang. I'm sorry, what? Well, uh, I just want to be clear. I want to be able to throw a boomerang, all right? <laughs> I don't care what you guys think of that, but being able to throw a boomerang is pretty dope. Come on. So if I came to your house and I was like, check this out, Ed, and then I threw a boomerang, and it hit somebody we didn't like right in the face and then backed into my hand. Tell me you wouldn't be like, that's, that's dope. Come well, on. Ron, of the many choices you could make, I might say I'd rather be the wizard from Marvel Comics where I could have anti-gravity discs no, and no, I could just no. throw them on a dude and watch him float up in the air if I, I don't, don't like him. That. I, don't, I mean, look, I'm not talking about the – look, I want to be able to throw a boomerang. I don't understand what the problem is here. I don't – is this – what boomerangs are cool? You don't think boomerangs are cool? Fine. I, okay. I, I, I just think that maybe <laughs> I, I, I do think, love that you took me seriously. That was my no, favorite but, part of this. No, but that's that's the bit. We're taking you seriously. We're taking this is this okay. is Ron. Okay, let's do it. A fucking wishing well, right? Mm -hmm. This is Ron <laughs> at the wishing well <laughs> with with wishes to give. And you first yeah. one is to be able to throw a fucking boomerang. If we take that at face value, um, it's pretty funny. But like realistically, um, being able to throw shit, honestly. If I was Bullseye, Daredevil would never know who the fuck I was. I would never be in the employee of the stupid Kingpin. I would yep. be a trick shot artist. I would be a professional pool player. <laughs> I would make all this fucking dude. I'd be like, it's in the way that you use it. <laughs> we, would see, we would see your highlights on ESPN 8, the Ocho. You would just yeah. be that guy. I would be destroying it. I'd be like that that bowler guy that, that he bowled a perfect strike at the end to win the game. He goes, who you think you are? I am. <laughs> I'd be like that guy. I'd be 100%. murdering the billiard scene, murdering the dart scene. Mm. I would be getting drunk off my ass in Irish clubs, getting blowjobs from buxom chicks that are in the paper the next day, throwing darts. You know I what mean, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it doesn't know, make sense British because when, when you throw darts, it it is the thing that makes women horny. That's, oh, that's yeah. a panty dropper, baby. More dude, than anything. I mean, like, if you were darts. good at darts, oh, they're like, wow. Dude, hey, fucking in, in a pub in London, maybe. You know what I'm saying? That's where I would be. I'd be a world travel guy. I'm not trying to get hoes with darts here. You got to go not where fair, darts fair. are valued. I'm a world travel guy. And mm. that's what I'm saying. I would just go do all the sports. Fucking high lie. I would be the greatest high lie player of all time. Like that, if I was a bullseye, you know, what I'm saying? I would just go do all these under underground things. I wouldn't go to the NBA. There's too much scrutiny. They start mm. fucking with me. They'd be like, especially if I was if I was white, they'd be like, ah, we see you're a sharpshooter, but 
you're also dunking on people. You know, you have you have fighting daredevil athleticism. Where did this come from? Right, right. Uh, but yeah, Bullseye, honestly, he is one of those villains where if he wasn't such a fucking psycho, I would love to be Bullseye. I mean, for real, for real. I would love to be Taskmaster if he wasn't mm-hmm. such a dumb loser. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hell, if we're if we're just sidestepping, if we're just sidestepping the problematic shit, I'd love to be the purple man. <laughs> <laughs> you're just driving I mean, honestly, around in a five dollar Maserati. One hundred percent. If you're the purple man and you don't have if you're not a gross piece of shit, you could do some cool shit. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. just call it. You call you call up a pizza place. You're going to deliver me three large pizzas and not <laughs> charge me any money. Goodbye. And then you move on yeah. with your day. You know, yeah. do your pheromones and, go through the phone? I thought, it was you know, I think the, I thought the pheromones <laughs> thing was just in the TV show. I think it was like a telepathy thing in the comics. I don't know, though. Yeah. Well, how Either do you do telepathy, the kid, way far away. I, you I can show up. How do you do the... telepathy at all? That's the real question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's telepathy's a great question. already absolute bullshit. So no, I'm but, playing loop fast and loose. With but it. for real, for real, may, may, I, I must offer a rebuttal. I do believe that the purple man powers are an Ouroboros of villainy, mm. because with the power to get anything you want, oh. eventually that need for human achievement starts fucking with you. And it becomes this 800-pound gorilla on your back of like, you're not shit. Mm-hmm. You didn't do anything by yourself. You have no grit. You have no heart. You are nothing. You have not made an impact on this world. You're awful. And you're just like, fuck, I want to do something on my own. And then I just think that's where the villainy comes in. And all of a sudden, you're an unbreakable or something. <laughs> and it, Because you need to do something to, you know, uh, on your own with real impact. It, I, think it's a, I think that's a villain circle. I agree. I think that's very much kind of an inescapable path toward villainy. I mean, just the idea, aside from the philosophical, like, I'm a piece of shit, you know, self-referential part, you, anybody, anybody is going to really start flirting with the edge of that morality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's very easy to get yourself a bunch of free shit, but then it's like, Who's going to be on the boat with you that you just got? You know, you don't want mm-hmm. you don't want to be on that boat alone. And like, you're not going to do anything weird. But the next thing you know, you got some people that are your friends, but maybe they're not your friends for real. Exactly. You know, that line gets blurry real quick. And how do you know you're using your powers or not? I think that'd be the mm-hmm. weird thing about that guy. Like you could say that, oh, no. My supermodel Olympian wife really loves me. We met in Zurich. I was over there because, you know, I stole some Krugerrands from a guy. I had to exchange them over there for some reason. And I bumped into her on the way out and I just said hi. And then she just seemed to really like me. There's, a, there's no way I was. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? you know, did I say anything? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's an, I, I honestly think that real telepathy and of any sort would be a real slippery slope for like your own mental health. Like if oh, you had any sort of telepathy powers, whether that's pushing other people to do things, reading thoughts. I mean, I think even moving things with your mind, you'd run into that same sort of thing. Like I'm on the freeway. Oh my God, that car that, you know, was driving like an asshole crashes. Did I do that? Did what? No, I didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And also, like, nobody yeah. talks about nobody talks about telekinetics. Like, straight up, I think most telekinetics would be fat. Oh, I sure. think I think the ability to move your body and other things with your mind. You, why do I have to get up and go down there and do that? Why can't I just use my? That's why I got these powers. Is about the next thing you know, 
Like what telekinetic is in the gym like that? I always wanted, not just because I fetishize the the larger, more curvaceous form, but I always wanted Jean Grey to just be fat. There's no, there's no fucking way. There's zero way she would not be fat. Dude. Well, there, there was a comic at one point that an X-Men comic that did that with the white queen with Emma Frost, where it wasn't fat, but it was revealed that like, she's actually very old and haggard and like run down, but she's constantly using her telepathy powers to project like an ideal version of herself. So that's all mm-hmm. anybody sees. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that that's hung around, but I love the idea of that. I, I think right. that's genius. It's the Instagram feature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instagram filter. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In the Dresden Files, the book I read with the wizard who's from Chicago, Mm -hmm. one of the main bad guys and villains is this guy, Gentleman John Marcone, or Marconi, possibly. Um, He's basically um, a mob boss in Chicago. But the thing that's really interesting about him as a bad guy is he had something happen to his daughter. And that's how he ends up getting involved with the magical community when he finds out there really is a magical community. Mm-hmm. It's because now that he can help his daughter. I, I think that there that is of a type with even like Dr. Doom. Yeah. You know, there's that villain that is is only interested in power, but if they if and when they get it, they'll use it somewhat beneficently yeah. um that even makes me think of like the godfather um the, mm. the the original don corleone like there's a guy and especially when you get into godfather part two it really illustrates like he had no other choice he had no other options he ends up an orphan on a boat to america doesn't even speak english lands in a slum has no way to make money has no way to communicate with the world around him gets drawn into the only line of work there is and then ends up becoming a fast rising, you know, star in that world. And so he's murdered people and he runs racketeering and he but the one thing he won't do is run drugs. And the other thing that he always does is he values respect. And so it's like as long as you're keeping your side of the street clean, he's not going to fuck with you and he expects that you won't fuck with him. And I'm always intrigued by stories that portray like, well, when one of those guys comes up against an even more horrible force, you know, they are dispatched. And like, to me, that's a much more sympathetic villain than even just a guy with a tragic backstory. You know what I mean? It's just it's that person trying to hang on to what they got when everybody's trying to take it from them, even though they might not deserve what they have in the first place, that's always like a, a weird kind of place to play. Hundred well, percent. Also, there's this weird thing. Since we're in this weird gangster section, I'd like to stay here for a second. Um, yeah. Obviously, every uh, kid who went to college in the '90s or even early 2000s is familiar with the Scarface poster, and mm-hmm. the reason for that. I think is is it's beyond just uh, hip hop aesthetics and hip hop some adoption uh, of of Tony Montana as as sort of this figurehead of just hustle till you can't hustle anymore, ball till you fall. You know what I'm saying? Just do your thing and you just you just buy your life. You know, money money changed that guy's life very much. Nobody can say that Tony was better off in the fucking camp 
you know, <laughs> you know, uh, for all the Cubans who came over uh, when Castro let, let uh, you know, sent his uh, shipment over here. And basically, the thing about Tony Montana that I think is interesting is he also has this weird mor- morality. And I think morality was definitely his downfall, like Coke, obviously was mm-hmm. a big part of it because of the paranoia and everything and killing his best friend was pretty fucking bad. But even that in his mind, he's doing it to like protect his sister who he's like so obsessed with maybe psychosexually. So, mm-hmm. but he is so obsessed with her and keeping her safe that even her being her banging that dude who he who knew is a scumbag. Cause he's his best friend. You, you know, the scumbaggery of your best friend and you can't see them as not a scumbag. I've seen a do scumbag stuff. But the bottom line is, in his mind, he kept his sister away from a scumbag, but he killed the love of her life. You know what I'm saying? So these people who have this morality, they could just make these decisions that fuck other people hard. And like him not decided, him deciding not to kill uh, the wife and kids of uh, some dignitary or witness or whatever the fuck, that moral choice in this immoral world got him all fucked up. So mm. it's like it's baked it even amongst all of his killing and 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 being an asshole. It's couched in this like American rise story, American dream story of like I came here, I fucking I I, I can speak English because I, I I've been planning to do this. He's like almost like Conan esque. I know I bring up Conan a lot, but as a stranger in a strange land, slaying his way to the top, right? Tony Montana and Conan are fuck vid diagrams overlap. You know what I'm saying? Well, that actually brings me to um, the character that I wanted to talk about to begin with. That I said kind of blurs the line on whether it's really a villain or not. Um, but that is the Daniel Plainview character from There Will Be Blood. And and I think very much of a piece with that is Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York. Mm-hmm. So two two Daniel Day-Lewis characters, um, one from a Scorsese movie and one from a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. But that idea of like, I clawed my way you know, tooth and nail and bled and fought and sweat for everything I have. And I am a, it made me an absolute miserable asshole, but I'll be damned if anybody's going to take it from me. I just think that that is, that's like the most compelling villain to me, right? Where morality almost goes out the window because it's not about what I'm, whether what I'm doing is good or evil anymore. You could even possibly recognize what you're doing is evil. But the fact is, you either, like in Bill the Butcher's case, live in a world that is so savage and so zero-sum, if you don't hang on, you're going back to the gutter. Or in Daniel Plainview's case, is so scarce and is so cutthroat, if you don't hang on, you're going back to the gutter like that idea of fighting for your life against poverty or against, you know, ruin is such great villain fodder because how do you really make a counter argument? Like you can make a moral argument all day, but at the end of the day, that's one person's life and they're either going to crash and burn or they're going to stay where they are. It's not even about getting up on anybody. It's like, I got it and I want to keep it. And to me, that's the one situation where like, I don't know what the good counter argument is. And that's very juicy. Yeah. I mean, look, and it, and it leads me to my other, um, 
uh, villain ideas, which is uh, any person who has money. I would like to be a villain. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, n- not to be too simple, but like, I don't know. It's just one of those things like, what's that like? You know what I mean? Like, I, I look, I'm, uh, to be clear, I've never been uh, starving poor. I've mostly had a house most of my life. Like, I, I overall, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to act like I've been starving. But, you know, I, it would be pretty great to know what it's like to just never even think about money. Because it's just there to do things with. That's uh, that's that would be interesting. Because like, if I was Lex Luthor, you think oh, I'd sure. give a shit about Superman? No, I would be at the beach or <laughs> skating on my half pipe in my backyard. <laughs> like, Dude, you know what I mean, I, I like, mean, you'd have you'd have ha- you'd have half pipes in six different houses on six different continents at that point. I mean, it's entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, I want to go visit France in my 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 jet plane or maybe i'll just take my suit that flies me you know what i mean and you're like i'm just be going and having a nice time that's that's what's so crazy to me like with these villains you're like you you got all this money and you're fucking causing drama in your life man you could be having fun I, I I keep imagining Rod Rod with all that money, just like a bunch of groupies, but they all got Jinko jeans on and shit. And like he's, he's goth chicks and Jenko jeans girls, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, baggy pants and halter tops. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent dark black eyeliner, dark black. big big giant asses, wallet chains, big asses. Their asses are so big that they're they're pushing out Jinko jeans. That's how big they are. <laughs> Like, oh my god! The you can't are through pulling the up. Jankos? The jeans are pulling up into booty shorts because their their butts are so big. <laughs> and, you, and you just and you fucking and you're half pipe it. You like go out do that one big trick do a five billion twenty whatever the fuck how many revolutions five forty misty flip yeah and you fall into the fucking GNC and then a bunch of big booty girls jump in after you you know it's just like damn dude Ron I think I'd like your I think I'd like your money existence as well. <laughs> Well, I, I think that that's the problem with being a vi- a villain is like I don't know like the, these villains who have money I don't get it. That's why I don't get like people like Elon Musk and other people who are billionaires who are doing shit. But also I guess <laughs> because to me, like I guess that's because I've worked my whole life, you know. Sure. So it's like one of those things where if you've worked your whole life and then you get money, you're gonna take a fucking break. <laughs> yeah yeah well but also i think i think though much like the purple man argument the the money argument becomes the type of person that gets a billion dollars wants to get a billion dollars nobody got gifted a billion dollars except for billionaires no, for kids. sure so yeah. uh, 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 certain billionaires are uh, ex-wives so and even <laughs> even that you can't really call it a gift because they put up with uh, a bald maniac for 20 years and helped to build his business so hey you know get your money sister but the mm-hmm. point is uh I think a lot of this thing about like the type of people who make a billion dollars, they don't just stop. They don't just sit down. None of them just sit down. Mark Zuckerberg has been rich enough to fucking never work again since he was like 25 or something. And he's constantly fucking trading Muay Thai over here and do all this fucking stupid shit because that's the addiction. The the addiction is is the work and the doing this stuff. And to a certain degree with the Lex Luthor thing, I think you as a person wouldn't be obsessed with Superman in particular, but along the lines of if you ever made a billion dollars, 
there'd be something in your head that would trigger you that oh i gotta gotta fucking make jiggle jeans be popular again i gotta fucking i gotta fucking make 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 rollerblading popular again but you would spend your fortune making rollerblading popular again and you do it there'd be something you'd be dedicated to that's probably true and and your personality to get a billion dollars would be like lex is what i'm saying yeah yeah it it, it wouldn't be necessarily wouldn't necessarily be fighting superman but you're right i probably would dedicate it to something it'd probably be like but the problem would be if you get a billion dollars forming a giant corporation that screws a bunch of people over and you really hate corporations and that's really your goal with a billion dollars is to like because i've had this dream of if i had a billion dollars or i won a you know the lottery that was 500 million or whatever i would uh i would open so one of the big things that people don't realize that is that propaganda while it is spread through Facebook and it is spread through the internet, it's also really, really bad through local news. So oh, completely. So mm. these really, really big things that happen right now is there's these small towns that have these local news places that are owned by like two dudes who are corporate, uh, like right wing nut jobs, and they just spread propaganda and they all run the same stuff like there's been uh you can you can check this out on uh john oliver uh i did a an expose on it and a couple of other places i would combat that i would open up Mm. competitive um uh local news that was more truthful and combated uh, basically reverse propaganda that's one of the things i would do if i had a and bazillion of dollars well yeah. and the next thing you know though ron you're a media baron that owns 70 tv stations across the united states and now because of that you're going to get involved in politics yep. and then people are going to demagogue you for being a left-wing nut job and yep. like that's mm-hmm. i think that that's a large part again take morality out of it just being a billionaire makes you sort of a political actor by proxy like you yeah. can't control that much wealth without it affecting a lot of things and having power over a lot of things is the root of politics. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, here's the here's the other idea I had, which I think is I don't know how crazy this is, but the other idea I had, I'm sorry this has turned into this, but this is my my <laughs> idea, so I'm going to tell you them. So, the other idea I had was opening a bunch of competitive businesses where people are being taken advantage of and just lowering prices well that's like becoming a competitive person well that's what mark cuban's doing with prescription drugs right now yeah i would do stuff like that yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and i would just start i would i would take over i would open up a company that sold insulin for 15 dollars a fucking pop because it doesn't cost that much to make like it it just doesn't so it's like you can still make great money and i would pay my employees more i might even do something crazy and do like a commune type thing where where at the end of the year, like you give base salaries and then at the end of the year, anything you don't spend on improving the business as profit, you split between the rest of your employees mm-hmm. and and just prove that you could do that and that be happy and still be rich. I think that'd be interesting. But, you know, that's us me not being a villain. And that's the problem there, because that's not what a villain does. Well, and and I'm sorry, but uh, we've pounded this home with this. I I don't think this is I don't think this is fucking commie cast. I think this is three people who live under capitalism, accept it wholeheartedly, who may not at the moment be destroying it against it. But 
think that they have the skills to eventually do mm-hmm. that. That being the motherfucking case, there ain't no good billionaires, man. There ain't yep. one. There ain't never nope. been one. It's never been a thing ever. And it, it's, it's the personality that gets a billion dollars. And it is not abject uh, jealousy for them. It is the, the fact that we pointed out multiple times. The only way you make that much profit is by exploiting some goddamn body. It's not yep. about looking at life as some zero sum game. It's about how the fuck did you get a billion dollars? Oh, you got a bunch of grandmas greeting people in your stores. You know what I'm saying? And you, and you forced out all your competition and destroyed them by, you know, getting Chinese product and da 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 da. All these different things you did that you Completely. know you did to undercut these local businesses. They're, a hardware store can't exist in your city because y'all motherfuckers got the depot. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, come on, man. You know what you did. So, so let's get that out of the way. But I, I do think though, going back to people who have to actually work for a living, um, and we're going to talk about him again on like the next episode. So I don't, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I do know why I empathize very much as a so-called villain with, uh, Neil McCauley from Heat mm. because he is real, he is a villain. I don't want to hear no anti-hero shit because he doesn't just rob banks. He robs banks. And if you get in his way, he'll shoot you in your face and he'll right. order people to shoot you in your face, even if you're innocent as fuck and could never really identify them. Just a little something. And he's got to liquidate you because he can't take any risks. That's fucking bad. That makes him a villain. But as such, I just really, I think the villains I empathize with the most, because I feel like them on some real serious psychological shit, I feel like I have one skill. I feel like my one skill, and, and people can debate whatever it is, but I know that I have one. And I'm really trying to monetize it. And mm. if I lived in a world where I only had that one skill and it was fucking illegal, if it was illegal to be a verbal uh, gymnast and writer and bon vivant, and I had to go to speakeasies to apply my trade, I would do it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. he is smart and knows about bank robbing, dude. That's what he fucking knows about. He can do that the best. And unfortunately, the morality of our times allows for robber barons to have these places where they can stole all of their smog treasure and pretend that it's yours. They could pretend that it's your money in there, but it's not. It's a it's it's flittering out in the air. It's it's a concept. Stealing from a bank is just it's a concept. It's the closest thing you could do to a victimless crime. Mm-hmm. But because we live in this world where the robber barons control the banks and the banks, you know, uh, get over by manipulating people and they're giving them a whole bunch of money for houses that aren't worth that and blah blah blah. He's fighting like a giant system as best as he can. He's got one skill, and then this fucking asshole who. who <laughs> Who, if he could fuck his wife, if he could just fuck his wife and have an okay life, would probably not be as obsessed with me as he is. Comes out of nowhere. Great ad. Coked up. (laughs) Chasing me all over God's green earth. You know? And even then, the thing that's fucked up about him is much like Tony Montana. He gets killed because he refuses to let an evil person who wronged him live. He should be able to, by his own code, just walk away. When you when you see the heat come around the corner, leave whatever. He can't do it. He 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 literally can't. He had his he had his woman. They were about to go to the plane. He found out this guy that Ronda was out there breathing his air, and he went against his whole moral code and got himself killed. As far as villains go, I mean, you can't be more sympathetic than that. You you kind of can't for me. And again, mm-hmm. it goes back to him having one skill and having to do a little murder to keep his <laughs> to keep doing his one skill. I just, that really gets me. People who have that one thing, that one shining thing they could do. The Dirk Diggler's of the world, right? Everybody's got that one special thing. 
And if you use that special thing and, and it falls apart and your world falls apart because you can't you do that special thing anymore, I always feel bad for those people. I really do. Yeah. 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 I, I love just the concept of like a blue collar villain. Right. Because it's easy to yeah. go. It's easy to go to your kingpins or your Lex Luthor's or even like your, you know, Daniel Plainview's where their villainy is large scale in whatever milieu they exist in. I like the guys, everybody from henchmen to Neil McCauley. Right. Like the guys who are just trying to make a buck and live their life. And and to your point, Ed, I think a lot of that comes down to like, if I could do anything else better than this, I'd be doing it. But like. Even somebody like the Rhino from Spider-Man comics. Mm. I've always had a soft spot for the Rhino because at the end of the day, like he's a big, dumb idiot and he can't get out of that fucking war suit. What the fuck mm. else is he going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I, his character is by no means portrayed consistently, but when they portray him as that, like, a big dumb oaf who can't literally cannot get out of the circumstances he's in. I find that to be compelling. No, I, uh, there's a really good um, novelization that Jim Butcher did on Spider-Man mm. where he's, where he's fighting. Uh, he opens up basically fighting the rhino and all Spider-Man does is just make him do dumb things. It, the rhino should beat him. Like mm-hmm. he's literally in the fight saying the rhino should beat me every time. But I know what to do to make him do dumb things. And then I beat him. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, it was but- really interesting to see that because it, it was an, it's an interesting character thing like that. But it's also one of those things where eventually moving on into the thing, you find that the rhino has this like this sort of code that he sticks to. Mm. That's that's like an important code to who he is. And uh, Spider-Man. Is uh, in this one they're doing the the totem story a little bit, so he gets into a little trouble, and the rhino is there to sort of halfway bail him out, and they mm-hmm. like learn stuff about each other during the whole thing. And the rhino doesn't become like a good guy, but he becomes a villain that you sort of understand that he's in bad circumstances, and that this is what he can do and what he does well, even if every once in a while someone who's smarter than him makes him look stupid. The rest of the time. He's getting money from people. Right. You know what I I mean? mean? To me, I think that's the compelling thing is like, I don't care what you say. I'm still going to use my fucking head to bust through bank vaults and free people from prison (laughs) and do whatever the the hell else I can to make a few thousand dollars at a time. Because like, what else am I going to do to make a few thousand dollars at a time? And by the way, I'm a giant muscle bound freak. I need to eat a lot. You know, it's like that just that sort of really base motivation is great. It just got me well, thinking about the rhino working at a grocery <laughs> store. Crying <right. laughs> to bag groceries, he keeps crushing things. Milk's well, exploding everywhere. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Milk. Not milk. Yeah, I apologize. Dude, you you always say milk. Uh, I we, can't help it. It's a New Mexico way. thing. I apologize. Yeah. Well, no, but uh it, I, I think this is a is a podcast uh, refreshingly free of accents, so I'm going to need you to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, on some real shit. Uh, uh, I think um, I think. Do that- say what do you think, Ed? I'm at Temple John. What's what's on your mind, huh? <laughs> I I do think that these all these characters that are this fucked up thing and can't um, transcend it because. 
what are they going to do? Go work at a bank? What are they? Rhino in a business suit over his rhino suit mm-hmm. working anywhere. That was a great thing you said, uh, uh, Ron, about him working at a grocery store. It just, it just highlights how ridiculous it would, how, how ridiculous it is that they're always getting punched by superheroes. Nobody's just like, okay, can we get the rhino a regular job? Like, can we get the rhino a regular, respectable job and put him over there so we never have to see him bust through? But nobody's concerned about that, dude. You know what I'm saying? We don't give a fuck about soldiers coming back. We don't give a fuck about reforming, whatever. Even in our children's literature, mm. we don't give a fuck about reforming anything or, or you know, mm, whatever. Interesting. Uh, you know, we don't give a fuck about that or, or, or recidivism. We don't yeah. give a fuck about it, dude. That is wild as fuck that you mentioned that. And one dude that, that fits this bill totally, to me, is Crusher Creel. I mean, oh, yeah. we met him as a fucking prisoner who had busted out and was having a ball and chain dragging him and shit, and he's still dragging across the desert. And Loki gives him all these powers that he can absorb anything that he can touch, so he could become sand, he could become adamantium, he could become steel. He could be- that is such immense power—a power that gives him the power to fight people like Thor. Mm-hmm. And he's a dumb fuck who can't figure out how to monetize it without being a base criminal. Because in the end, what could you do? Be some weird freak? Be like, oh, yeah, submit yourself for medical experiments? Uh, I'm trying to think of something that a dude like that could do that isn't like – it's an entertainment thing. I love the movie – I like the movie Ted. And what I love about it is it presumes that if there was a teddy bear that came to life and was talking – it would be popular for 15 minutes. We would move on. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's the absorbing man. The absorbing man would not just be some Kreskin that would be able to do an entertainment career. He's not smart enough. He doesn't present well enough. He doesn't speak well enough. So this concept that with all that power, he could do something besides rob motherfuckers and shit is kind of specious in my opinion. So like, you know, and he's so powerful. He's one of the most, if I had powers, now me personally, I'd find a way to make that work for 50 years. I'd be a yeah. stunt man for a while, plus size model. I do a lot of shit, you know what I'm saying, with all those powers. I, I, I could do it, but I'm smarter than him. You know what I'm saying? I think any of us on this podcast are smarter than him as portrayed. So it is kind of this, this funny, like blue collar prisoner, uh, prisoner of your power. There are people whose powers make them free as fuck. And there's people whose powers imprison them. Mm-hmm. And Gresha Creel is one of those people whose powers imprison them. Rhino is one of those people. Yeah. Well, let's talk about someone who gets free freedom and that's mystique. Hmm. Interesting. I, I would love to be Mystique. And uh, look, we're talking about weird stuff we would do, and I would be a spy, bro. Yeah, that's, hmm. this is the, this is this is the part of the conversation where we are going to elucidate on just the type of shit that we would do. Let's get nuts. And I do believe you wanting to um, fuck guys and chicks as different. <laughs> stuff, as sure. Mystique, I I really I thank you for proffering that because there's a lot of people who won't admit that type of stuff. But um, yeah, Mystique fathered a kid. Mystique fucking, uh, you know, Mystique did a lot of things as a person. Mystique was a spy. Mystique worked at super spy agencies with Wolverine in them back in the days and Sabretooth. She's lived a fucking life. She's had so much impact on things throughout history and the power to be whoever you want to be in whatever situation that you find yourself in. There are so many situations we find ourselves in where the thing holding you back is you. How you present outwardly. Uh, how you smell, how your pheromones are working at the time, her ability to just make that adjustment, you know, she's going to be one of those Jinko bitches on your boat. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? She's like, I got I to gotta transform to a bitch wearing Jinkos with a fat butt. And then she looks at herself in the mirror, she goes, got to be fatter. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hear Ed Greer is there. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> her, her ass stat bar. It's just a stat bar that says ass. It's just going up. Um, <laughs> That's on the trading card. <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's interesting, though, Ron, uh, and maybe it's just because it's the first name that comes to mind. So I'll ask, would you be as enthusiastic to be like the chameleon from Spider-Man comics as you would to be Mystique? Huh. Because he's a guy that isn't like the full on shape changer. But at least the last time I was reading Spider-Man comics, which granted was a while ago, but he was a dude who could just like morph his face at will. And he could sort of look like anybody he had ever seen. Like, if he sees you, he can mimic your face. I mean, that'd be uh, interesting. I could be down with that, too. Yeah. I mean, anything where you can sort of be a bunch of different people. And, I mean, look, even even just for a social experiment, how interesting would it be to be a bunch of different types of human and see how you're treated? Mm. Like, to look rich, to look poor. to So, take check this out. You're a, You're hot. You're a hot person. Yeah, I am. But, Go you, ahead. but you look poor <laughs> and then you look rich. Sure. You see how well, how you're different, how you're treated different. Are you treated different? Do you have the ability to be hot and get more money because of that? Like there'd be so many interesting things you could find out being a, a variety of humans um, or even like non-humans. You know, that brings me to an idea that's similar, but I think bigger and maybe more immoral. But like, I think about either someone like Kang or someone like the infidel from the Astro city universe. Mm. Like what if you're somebody who could just rewrite time and just like mm. know that you did it and li like run all those experiments you're talking about, Ron, but rather than just how does the world react to me? It's more like, how can I change the world? You know, Oof. it's like you essentially do the butterfly effect as a hobby. And the interesting thing about that is, are you are you really hurting anybody by changing the timeline so that the, you know, the previous version doesn't even exist at all? It's interesting. I, I don't know. But mm. like if I had some of those, hey, I could just time travel on a whim. You best believe I'm running some experiments. A hundred percent. I want to see. I want. Okay. I would make a world where they did Beverly Hills Cop and Sylvester Stallone starred in it, but he had to do everything that Eddie Murphy did because I would make. <laughs> I would go back in time and make myself the head of the studio and the screenwriter mm. or whatever. And I just you have to do the script as is, or we can't do it. And at this time, I've taken out a couple of his hits. You know, I've destroyed a couple of his hits, so he doesn't have quite enough leverage. To put to bully me on it, but he's still a movie star. Mm. And I would do the experiment of watching Beverly Hills Cop with Sylvester Stallone, but he has to do everything Eddie Murphy did, every single word, every single syllable. <laughs> I'm telling you, that movie falls Hilarious. flatter than Tango and Cash. Like that, yeah. you got you got some version of that with Tango and Cash, and you know how that turned out. Yep, yep. I would just want to see it. I mean, I'm, I'm I think I'd be less villainous than most people. If and I then and and. And you'd put Eddie Murphy as Rocky. Oh, dude, yeah. And, and, and 135 pounds soaking wet, beating the shit out of giant white guys. Sign me up, buddy. It's yep. like Mike Tyson's 100%. punch out uh, 20 years earlier. But not for <laughs> and and I, I used to I used to do this joke about like if if I had Superman's powers, I would and to spin the earth back, I would I would spin it back 
to uh, before uh, chattel slavery and give a bunch of uh, people on, I guess, the Ivory Coast, like Uzis and chain guns and mini guns and shit. So when the fucking people get off the boats trying to uh, enslave them, they just get laced up. And then I would just fly back to the future and like James Brown would be on Mount Rushmore and shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) The whole development of the world. And I know that's a Killmonger rift as well. But like, yeah, just like I would do shit like that, maybe just for my own personal black interest. But other than that, like, I really do think I'd keep it simple, like make universe. And you know what's fucked up? What if you made a universe that was literally perfect and dope and you Mm. rewrote over it and you couldn't get it back? There's the villain. Well, see, that is the fucking villain. No, 100%. I mean, that's always the argument against, you know, the butterfly effect is like, there's no, there's no redo button. Like even you traveling back in time to stop yourself before you do the thing is going to have ripples. And it's Mm -hmm. like that there's no way to control it but see that's why i think you'd ultimately just kind of go nihilist about it like you know what what would happen if uh some certain dinosaurs survived when they weren't supposed to like mm-hmm. forget going small go bigger than you could imagine like what does the hum- what does the world look like in 10,000 years are humans still around and if not let me find the spot where that you know could maybe change that and i'm going to change that and you know it's mm-hmm. like you start like, just you, treating all of existence you, as like just a thing to play with but just just imagine going to like 10,000 years in the future right and earth is still in existence but the oceans have risen so you fly in through the window of some orca and you talk to him while he's typing on his computer. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, hey, man, Dude, what those, the fuck is up with this? Those evolved intelligent orcas would be so fucking weird looking, by the way. They'd all have like that smooth black and white skin with giant eyes on the sides of their heads. Oof. I, I don't want to be yeah, that. I'd go and kill some of them, I think. Probably. <laughs> we, we, we would go in and we would find them in the midst of a podcast. Talk about, oh, so remember when, humans, remember when humans existed? They were so stupid. Uh, they so be talking about so many of them. You know what? If I could time travel, I'd go back and kill some humans and see how that would affect our world today. Because, <laughs> yeah, if, if certain humans were if certain humans were alive, they would have stopped the climate change that have given us such global supremacy. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I really think about shit like that. Um, also, just on a way smaller level, trust Bill to take it to fucking outer space and cataclysmic reality shattering bins. Sorry. And trust Still me to bring it. Trust me to bring it back to street level. I Everybody knows my favorite baby is the Punisher. Everybody knows one of my other favorite babies as far as a concept is Deathstroke. I would just be, if I was Deathstroke, I would use the entirety of the Punisher playbook. And let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Batman, who is not a Deathstroke villain. Deathstroke, I saw a tweet today. It was perfect. Deathstroke has a hero's gallery, mm-hmm. right? He's not the member of anybody's fucking rogues gallery, except maybe Teen Titans for obvious sure. reasons. Yeah. Uh, he's got a hero's gallery. He He's a world travel guy who fucks shit up, so he runs into a bunch of heroes. But that's where he's fucking up. Because if Deathstroke wasn't a pederast, according to the, pre- the previous continuity, if I knew 52 the shit out of that and changed all that up and just had him be a cool mercenary who got experimented on in the military and then got out of the game because they thought he was dead or whatever the fuck. I got my butler wintergreen. I keep all that stuff. Bro. I would just rob drug dealers and billionaires. 
That's all I would do. I would go to fucking, I would do the Punisher playbook. That is the Punisher's playbook. I got to give him credit. He would go to some drug place, their big distribution center where the Joker was surfing down money. He would go to one of those places, shoot the fuck out of everybody, <laughs> put it all in the fucking Punisher van and drive the fuck away. And he had enough money to fund his organization, but he wasn't greedy. He never got rich, rich, but he had enough money to buy a bunch of guns and have a bunch of safe houses so he could do his mission. Well, fuck that. I would live in luxury in between missions because I would be rich as fuck from stealing all this drug money. And again, I would take down also uh, crypto fucks. Wherever the crypto fucks kept their actual money, they would go there and find it gone, just like motherfuckers found their Bitcoin gone. Mm -hmm. Because I would ha I have that moralistic evil streak to me. And I would just use abject evil techniques to rob and read. I wouldn't redistribute wealth because I would just keep it. Yeah, but there would be certain projects that I would that I would do that you know fit me. You know, you know but, who you know who yeah. that sounds like. That just sounds like a more ambitious version of Omar from The Wire. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Omar is he should have came up in the uh, sympathetic villain section. Yeah, for exactly, sure. exact the mundo. That's exactly what I would do because I would take that as like that would be my villain, uh, my my moralistic stance. Like, a nobody should have billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Maybe not even me. No, fuck that. I, I should because I'm better than you and I could kill you and I got 40 times your reaction time and I'm smarter than everybody. So, yes, I should be the motherfucker that has a billion dollars. But all the rest of you fuckers that exploit people should not have a billion dollars. You just shouldn't. Rob so and the rich and give to yourself. Yeah. Nobody would be liquid in the billions of dollars on earth but me. And I would decide what went from that point. And people and people would be kind of scared to amass billions of dollars because they know I would come for their ass. They know, and I would find and all the places they hid it. It's gonna be it's gonna be you versus Putin ultimately. You know uh -huh. that's the that's the thing, and I that's the that's the battle I want to see is Deathstroke versus Putin, just me infiltrating. <laughs> yeah, Dude, me and Putin on the edge of a volcano with chainsaws. Oh. <laughs> we're, we're sounds it. great i can't wait for you to chop off putin's head and kick him into the that, fucking volcano that tiny man is getting dismembered <laughs> i mean deathstroke uh, let, let the comic writers tell that uh, putin would would barely get defeated fucking they mm. never give a man deathstroke deathstroke gets chopped out so much we won't go there but so the point is i think yeah the redistribution plan would be definitely in effect and the murdering, the abject murdering, not imprisoning, mm -hmm. the abject murdering of certain people who are too exploitative, you know, super duper drug dealers, people, you know, traffickers. I just and all that trafficking money. Oh, imagine how rich I'd be if I had all the trafficking money and how I mean, better dude. the world would be if they were all dead. You know what I'm saying? The kids I would mean, be all 100%. you're saying really is that Andrew Tate and Jeffrey Epstein are dead and you have all their money. <laughs> Dude, and I'm on a fucking, I'm on the illest island. I'm like, this island used to be used for some bad stuff. I thought about firebombing it, but now it is a refuge for all of the, all of the, you know, all, all these refugees. Oh, I was going to say, all I thought you were going somewhere else with that. No, all these, it's a refuge for refugees of all stripes okay. from okay. all places in the world that it would be a sanctuary for refugees. That's what I would change it into to kind of try to, you know, change the reputation. Yes. Of islands. You know, when you said uh, <laughs> kill Andrew Tate, maybe Ben Shapiro too, just for my own. <laughs> what did Ben Shapiro do I, besides be awful? Well, uh, that's it. I mean, he and, just sucks, though. He just know, sucks. He's you rich, know. too, though. Fuck him. And then. You know what? He would be he would be on his thing talking about like but he now there's a song wet ass pussy I'm gonna read the lyrics and his head would just come off his body because I chopped his head. <laughs> <laughs> just Look, I'm like not gonna love you. Scanners when Ron just, has his telepathy powers. Yeah, yeah. 
fuck yeah. I'll do that. I'll get that guy. Um, oh, Bill could call into the show and be like, hey, Ben, a uh, longtime caller. I mean, a longtime listener, first time caller. Um, I'm the purple man. I think you should fucking kill yourself on air. And I think oh, right no. before you kill yourself, say, uh, <laughs> say some shit <laughs> that I want you to say. And then boom. And then you, and he does it. Oh, that'd be sweet. Unfortunately, if that all happened on air, that's just confirmation that the globalists are out to get all the conservatives. <laughs> the telepathic <laughs> globalists are oh, coming dude, for your conservative You leaders. are so right. That would, yeah, 100%. That, would cause, that would cause the biggest pizza gate of all time. You would make yeah. Ben Shapiro a martyr. Oh, my God. Then you need the Kangs to you come back. You know what's back. even better? <laughs> <laughs> You're the purple man, and you make Ben Shapiro start saying nice things about trans people. But you really have to pace it out. You know, you yeah. get this like, is the slowly. Yeah. The law. You know, I'm starting to realize that I've been very hateful. Yeah. I don't think this is good. I started putting myself in the shoes of other human beings. Here's the and problem, I've understood though. now that it's important for you to have a wet ass pussy. And that is when Ben Shapiro loses all of his money anyway, because his audience goes up yours, Ben Shapiro. Let's go find somebody who's more hateful. Like that's <laughs> yeah. how that shit works. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. No, and it's just like the whole thing of like being a billionaire. I would have obviously after all those murders, be a bad person who did not care about human life. Even the refugees on my Island, they start some shit. I'd be like, man, do you know that I could kill all of y'all? Ah, I can't think that. You know what I mean? It's like, our plumbing doesn't work. You're on a formerly evil island. You know, I would just be an asshole to a lot of people. Listen, Ed, it's a it's a thin line between a refugee island and a sex island. And, you know, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. You get I a bunch of people never... together on an island with nowhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> it just becomes a, I tried to make a place for refugees and it became a sex island again maybe there's just something about this island All right, well you know but the problem the is at least this island would be a consensual sex island well, yeah, it'd be well, nice would now. it be that's all I'm yes, saying there, there you go. Yeah, how just, bad yeah. are people that's the question well and we are talking about villains but let's pretend that our villains don't do those type of things well, and also, uh, as a last uh, uh, villain person uh, for us to talk about, it's a big one. Mm. I just think um, us not talking about Darth Vader is great restraint on Ron's part and very populist on my part as it even comes out of my mouth. But when we were talking about those things earlier of like people becoming villains and shit, uh, you know, your mom's a fucking slave. Your mom died in slavery. You just happen to be saved by this order who saved you because you were dope, not because it was the right thing to do. So you got plucked out of slavery by some people who wanted to exploit you. And then some other dude says they're exploiting you. And he's a weird looking fuck, but he's like a senator. So, you know, you kind of take him at face value. And next thing you know, you're stabbing younglings. You know what I'm saying? It's like the slippery slope. And, you know, and your, and your girlfriend's dead. They wouldn't let you have a girlfriend. And then she's dead. It's like these losers kept me away. It, I could just see it. I, I now I see yeah. uh, the story. It, it was just written a little better. All those story beats are great. Yeah. Just the way they're presented are all fucked well, up. Well, and again, if you were willing to wade through the Clone Wars uh, cartoon, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. then you get an idea. You get to see him slowly turn towards the idea of order in the mm -hmm. galaxy, mm -hmm. of 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 having to use strength to make people 
maybe fear you a little bit so they behave because they're not behaving. And you just if they just behave and, you know, act correctly, then you wouldn't have to show up on their planet. Like, you know, like it's it's interesting how slowly he moves towards this thing in the movies. They kind of it's it's a they have to move it along. They have to use a little bit of that manipulation. But the whole time the 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 emperor is prodding him like look at this lack of Mm. order like this is not it's not working for anyone look at all the people dying your your Mm. girlfriend's gonna die because of this your you know all all of these people you care about and these things you care about they're gonna disappear if you don't take the correct actions that you know i need you to take which by the way i don't know if you hear what i'm saying right now that's literally what dictators do they convince you that you need this. What I'm going to tell you is the way to keep order. Mm-hmm. And I know this completely. And you can see all the you can you're smart enough to see all these plot holes in the world, right? Well, <laughs> here's my here's my very easy way to take care of that. I mean, there there's some power to that. Also, Darth Vader has the sweetest gig because he's essentially just the ultimate enforcer. Mm-hmm. And he's more powerful than literally anybody he ever encounters. So he doesn't have to deal with any of the actual running of the Empire. He just shows up to tell everybody, sit the fuck down and shut up. And, like, if you don't, then he just fucks you up. And, like, tell me there isn't something kind of alluring about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't have to get involved in the politics. You know, you don't care where the spice comes from. But... If you don't sit down and shut the fuck up, I'm going to rock your shit. Like- I mean, we were just talking about Putin, and I'm sure I've I've mentioned this before, but look, don't think that if I didn't have powers, I wouldn't already be up there holding him, you know, 500 feet into the air being like, hey, bro, do you want to drop to your death or do you want to stop killing innocent people? The next one you do that and the next one you do that. And then are you the villain soon? You I, know, I just I just would really like for us to stop talking about the fucking Russians right now, especially okay. that motherfucker because I don't need that cyanide tea next time I go to fucking Starbucks because you motherfuckers want to take some stand. I, we're talking about pop culture for Christ's sake. I am not putting my life on the line for this shit. You know what? That's, that's true. We don't need dudes in uh, trench coats with very severe features following us around. That That's yeah, not good. No. Look, I can assure I you, I can assure you uh, through Podbean that we don't need to worry about it. Hey, there could be all the people listening to us could be Russians. You, you don't know. All, all the Secret Russians. Russians. Uh, could be Russians. Okay. Living in America. Russians. Or uh, England. Dude, or Australia. Dude, our podcast, 100%. Is, our podcast pumped into them as they're doing their 50-mile runs every day so they can stay in Jason Bourne shape to oh, fucking overcome the government. Yeah, they just listen to our podcast on those fifty mile runs, and they're just like, "This is what I am trying to destroy. <laughs> this is <laughs> this freedom, imperialistic. <laughs> Three this, nerds this, talking about <laughs> pop culture. It's disgusting. Talk about inane, raising your family. <laughs> this inane personal personality mix. I hate them. <laughs> they would. I would like that. You know, I, I would not like that, but I would. I would like to. Have a dedicated fan base. That'd be great. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they, you know, Look. say what you will about zealous despots. At least they're committed. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look—they so, yeah. get fans. 
Oh, dude. Uh, so like, if I was a lady villain, I would set up an OnlyFans, and then if very and the people who signed up for it, I would rob them. Like, mm. aha! You thought you were gonna see my ass? Well, now your bank account's empty, bitch. It's like a reverse <laughs> Chris Hansen. Like, yes. oh, you showed up th- thinking you were gonna get sex? I'm gonna rob your ass. <laughs> That's why Ed wants to be Big Barda. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Because like, dude, she could literally rob <laughs> Big Barda could rob anyone. Plus, dude. he'd be looking at his ass all of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, oh yeah, Her. dude. I just your own. My, my, I don't know. My yeah, my, I would just have a house of mirrors. I'd be bu- I'd be <laughs> my shit. It look like the end of fucking Enter the Dragon. <laughs> I bump into <it> shit. <laughs> just posing. <laughs> Yeah, look at my ass from all the angles, and uh, you know, if you wanna, if you wanna cover all your bases and cover all your angles, you can give us a five star review because you know this podcast is super fun. You know that even on the topic of villainy, we were able to talk for about an hour and not be too transgressive. And I hope it made you think about the nature of power and how closely it is linked to villainy. And it's not to, to to discourage anyone from getting power. One way to show your power is to give us a five-star review <laughs> and, <laughs> and join our Patreon uh, because uh, the people on the Patreon have the power to uh, suggest a bunch of stuff for us to do on there and on the regular episodes. I, I just also want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. Like, click the subscribe so we show up in your feed, all right? Every time you open your phone and we put out a new episode, it pops in there. Same as YouTube. Do the like you know, subscribe, all the good stuff that you can do to support us. It really does help us out. All those types of small little things. If you think if you think one of your friends is going to laugh at this or, you know, you guys talked about something similar, send this to them. Share this stuff with uh, with everybody that you like because we are growing already and we want to grow even more. And that's all because of you guys, all you guys out there supporting us who have supported us through all of this stuff. It just keeps lifting us up. And the more you share the more we spread this goofy yet also introspective and thoughtful conversations we have about pop culture. So you can buy my album. It's called On the Wing of a Dragon, um, or you can stream it. And whenever it comes up, it'll give me a 0.4 cents and that'll build up uh, enough <laughs> times that I'll have money and I'll appreciate dollars. it. Dollars yeah. and dollars Ron will have. I'll take it. I'll take I'll it. I'll be able to enact the, the Jinko resurgence program. That's right. <laughs> if you want to see those Jinko jeans on a half pipe, you're going to need to listen to my album on the wing of a Ron, dragon. Ron has a file behind glass in case of rich break glass. And it's just <laughs> the plan for half pipes and Jinko jeans. <laughs> so as always, thanks for listening to a villainous mustache twirling. Killmonger was right. Episode of The Greatest Pop.